0: Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder.
1: And I'm Michael Wilder.
0: And we are here with Ashley Grinstead. This is part four with Ashley. The end of the last um, episode, Ashley was talking about a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of brought back some of these great movies I've seen. And uh, if you remember Emperor's New Groove, okay? And uh, Gronk, uh, I think that's what you pronounce his name. Who knows? Gronk. Gronk. Uh, he had, he always had these two spirits, you know, he had a devil on one side and an angel on the other side. And he's always trying to do the right thing. And he's being drawn one direction and drawn another direction. So I think Ashley is having that same problem because you you're going through this rough time in your marriage, is that correct? Mm-hmm.
2: That's and,
1: correct. And and you have one devil saying, "Hey, just leave the bum and go <laughs> a- another direction in life, okay?" And then you had the nice angel says, "We must be forgiving. We must give grace as Jesus has given grace to us. We need to see if we can mend this and work this out." And then the other devil said, "No, he's wrong. He's wrong." Throw the bum out, okay? So tell us now <laughs> what's uh, going <gonna> to happen.
0: <laughs> this is not an unusual issue after Mormonism that, um, you're trying to relearn what your role is, right, as a person in Christ. So Mike and I almost went to a, a marriage conference one time after Mormonism. I don't think we ever did. but We'd been married a long time, but it was like, okay, wait a minute. If there's no eternal family, like, okay, what's my role? Right? Who who am I in, in Christ? And um, because so many of the things I learned in Mormonism about my role, his role, family, you know, he has the priesthood, he's in charge of the family, all of those things had to be revisited afterwards, and it's a lot to deal with psychologically. And it takes a while sometimes to feel stable. And I think probably with your husband, as you said, he carried this weight of guilt from Mormonism because he'd had some sin that they'd recorded at some point, although they never excommunicated him. And so that guilt of who am I? Mike. What kind of things have you seen men struggle with after leaving the LDS Church?
1: Well, I think a lot of times um, in in the LDS Church, there's there's really a a lot of pressure put on men. You know, to be the perfect male, to to be be a priesthood holder or a high priest. You know, make sure you're always doing your you're, your, back then it was called home teaching. You're doing your callings. You're trying to do everything. You're reading the scriptures. You're uh, every day, you're having family home evening. Uh, you're teaching your children to be good kids. And and not that these things are bad. There was this, always was this pressure that, you know, you, you can do more, okay? Um, there's always more things to do. Uh, and you know, you got to do your calling, okay? Um, And then you got to, well, really do your calling. You got to start spending a lot of the time. When I was in the LDS church in a high council and in the bishopric, it was easy for me to spend 25 hours a week involved, 20 to 25 hours a week involved in church callings. And and I'm not at home, you know. I'm gone on Wednesday nights. I'm gone on Thursday nights. I'm gone all day Sunday, from six o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night. Uh, and then we sometimes would have activities on Saturdays and so forth. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, but in in Mormonism, especially uh, once I understood when when the LDS Church will put a on your on your membership record a little marker that says maybe this guy sinned in the past and he it, he hasn't fully repented of that or it just stays there forever, you're always in doubt that you'll never be truly worthy. Uh, a, a truly great husband because, you know, you're going to be restricted on what callings you can get. Are you going to be in the bishopric? Are you going to become a high priest? Are you going to be on a high council? Are you going to be an elder forum president? Are you going to be a high priest group leader? All these things you're looking because people are always saying, well, you know, you should be, you know, at this age, you should be a high priest. Well, maybe not, you know, and and it's always with you. So it's it's hard. It's hard. I've seen a lot of a lot of men just give up, you know, like when I used to try to talk people to go into the temple, you know, get your temple recommend. He says, they would say, Brother Wilder, you know, I, I can't live that standard. You know, I, I'm sorry. I have a cup of coffee every couple of days. I can't give it up. I'm just not worthy. I've given up. I am not going to be able to live in a celestial kingdom. I'm just going to take one of the lower kingdoms and be happy. I mean, that's, Is that the good news (laughs) In, in the gospel that you give up and just say, well, this is where I'm going to be. I can't get any higher. I'm just going to be down here. Where in Christianity, Christ takes that from you and you become created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not that you have to do good works. He, by his grace, makes you a new person. And now you live a different life. And all that past sin, everything that you've done, all these awful things that we've done is gone. And we still do awful things, but he regenerates you daily that you become a new person every day in Christ. So it's a different way of looking at it. So at least he gives the
0: word regenerates you daily. Right, 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 right. Yeah, So it says. So. Um, To catch you up from the last episode, Ashley's husband, after Mormonism, had begun to do some drinking and eventually some smoking of marijuana, Um, he was willing to go to a Christian church. So pick it up there, Ashley.
2: Okay. So um, I guess at the end, um, like I said, we had kind of had our confrontation, you know, that I wasn't going to be able to support, you know, those type of things, you know, in our household or, you know, with our kids here. And, um, he had moved out, gotten his own apartment. Um, like I said, I had the encouragement from the pastor at church, you know, we're going to focus on reconciliation. Then I had, you know, members of my family saying, you know, you've been through enough, your kids have been through enough. Like, where do you draw the line? Like I said, again, like the devil and the angel again. And, um, so there was one day, one particularly hard day that I was having. And I remember I, I told my girls, I said, I just need you to go into your rooms and play quietly. Mommy just needs a few minutes. And so I remember I went into my bedroom and I closed and I locked the door and I turned the light off. And I just sat on the floor. I just sat there and just complete silence and it was like, I wanted to pray, but I had no idea what to say. Like I just mm-hmm. I just bowed my head, I closed my eyes. And I don't know how long I had been sitting there. It felt like it was probably a couple minutes, but it was like all of a sudden, I could literally feel the arms of Christ wrapped around me. Mm-hmm. And I just started to sob. And and I still couldn't pray. I still didn't have the words. I I didn't know what to say. And it just held, I I don't even know how long I was in there, but just kept holding me. And I just knew that everything was going to be okay. And I remember the only words that I can remember saying during that prayer was, thank you, Jesus. That's (laughs) it. That was the only thing that I could really muster up. And I had never felt Christ quite so intimately before, Mm -hmm. you know, where I could actually feel just those arms embrace me at that moment. And it wasn't even like maybe a day or so later, um, it was calling for a snowstorm here. And so uh, Vince had went into Lowe's to, you know, go pick up, you know, snow shovel and stuff. And he happened to run into a childhood friend whose name was Brandon. And he kind of has his his own story um, about how he had almost lost his family, you know, due to you know, some substance abuse issues and whatnot. And he actually approached Vince when he saw him and he looked at him and I mean, he, he was just bold enough. He kind of knew a little bit of what was going on and he just approached him. He was like, ma'am, what are you doing? He was like, you've got to fix this. You have got to get your family back. Oh,
0: he knew and right away. He,
2: he did. And it's like he, he told him, he said, I don't know if this is like a nationwide program, but um, we have a program here that's called Celebrate Recovery, and it's for people with all types of, you know, whether it's a substance abuse or a people-pleasing problem or whatever. I mean, it's really for anybody, but he invited him to come, and um, it's so funny. He had gotten his snow, his snow shovel and everything, and it was 10 o'clock that night. It's snowing like crazy outside. And I hear something outside of my house and I'm like, what is going on here? And I look out and my husband has driven to my house with it snowing like crazy, out shoveling my driveway so that it would be done and I wouldn't have to do it the next morning. <laughs> and it's like it gave me that glimmer of hope of like, maybe he's willing to make an effort here, you know, so that kind of opened the door to a little bit of communication um, and then I had another guy at church that had kind of been through, you know, a similar type of situation. And w- when he had heard what was going on with us, he was just so awesome because he immediately started reaching out to Vince. And it wasn't just one of those things where he texted him and was like, "You oh, know, if you need anything, let me know." I mean, I mean, he pursued, he pursued him like, you know, we're getting together, you know, and was just really a mentor to try to bring, bring him back. Like and, Jesus and, and, does. Christ, yes. Yes. And, and I mean, I, you catch yourself so many times, you know, you find out that someone's struggling with something, and, you know, you just say, if you need anything, let me know. But I mean, when you have someone that just like really pursues you to try to, you know, to try to help you work through what you're going through, it's really, it's really amazing.
1: Was this gentleman a member of your church you were going to? He uh, was. Yes. He and
2: was, um, okay. he had like a life group, um, situation. And it was funny because one of the girls knew what was going on. And she was like, you know, maybe you should tell the group, you know, about what's going on between you and Vince. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, no, she's like, you know, you really need to tell them. And so it's like, I told them and it was like that same night that guy was trying to get in touch with him to try to, try to help him work through it.
1: Yeah. That's so important. Uh, Praise God uh, Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, when people are having problems that we just need another person through Christ. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this guy's a Christian and he's reaching out and God is working through people. And and your husband was willing to look up and say, I, I need help, you know, reached out to him also. And there was this interaction between mm-hmm. the two. Uh, and and probably, you know, it, it's got to be. Somebody, was he close to his age, or was he a little bit older than? He was very other? close to his age.
2: Yeah, very okay, okay,
1: age. yeah. So they could really bond together mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, man, you know, uh, uh I've been there." You know, I. C- yeah. It's, it's not a good state to be in, and you can still get out of this. And His it's, heart it, had just
2: been softened and touched by so many just random people. You know, yeah. I mean, he hadn't seen yeah. the one guy that he saw at Lowe's in forever. And, you know, they just happened to run into each other. And just how thankful I am that that friend was bold enough to, you know, approach him. And he still goes every week to those Celebrate Recovery meetings. And the great yeah. thing now is that he's in a position – to help guys that are coming in. in
1: yeah, the, Right. Right now he's on the opposite side. Yes, that he can reach out yes. and say, hey, hey, bro, I, I was this mess.
2: Yes. And it's and a Christian-based program. Is. I mean, all focused and centered around what Jesus can restore and redeem.
1: Oh wow what a great great story so
2: so
0: when all, when this drinking began after Mormonism when did he get baptized into the body of Christ when did he make the decision for Christ
2: um I, I honestly believe that he had been saved several years ago he had went to um a Christian concert it was a third day concert that he ah. had went to with a group of friends and um the way that he's related to me, it was very much a um, you know a receiving of Christ moment in his life, but I think it was so muddled by all of the things that he had been, you know, led to believe. You know, <laughs> it, so so I do believe he was saved. I just think that his outlook on a um, on a faith of grace versus you know faith of grace plus works was just muddled and he just hadn't really um he hadn't really understood you know exactly what um faith through grace was yeah,
0: yeah. so he we yeah. went to recovery celebrate recovery every week so Adams Road actually Used to be the like worship band for Celebrate Recovery. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, years. I know we all have a heart for that. In fact, Mm -hmm. I have a background of working with folks who were drug addicts. Mm -hmm. Um, my own grandfather, a brilliant surgeon, actually was a drug addict, and so wow. Have this in my family and have a real heart for it. It can grip anybody mm-hmm. at any stage of life, um, rich or poor, right? And um, certainly, certainly, all the mess from Mormonism can't have helped <laughs> at this point. But he found Celebrate Recovery. He started going, and he's been clean now for a time.
2: Yes. I mean, ever since our reconciliation, I guess maybe he moved back in. I want to say maybe it was April, maybe the end of March that, you know, he moved back in here and um, not a drop of alcohol or, or any other substance since. So this year. Yeah wow, this yeah. is really new, right? Well, I guess, it, I guess our reconciliation was in 2022. So, okay. so the beginning of 2022. So it's going on two years now. So yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Great.
1: Wow. wow.
2: So tell us
0: about some of the stuff you've worked through. Like, did you have counseling at all with pastor or...
2: Um, yeah, it, it was actually great because um, the associate pastor at our church was really good about meeting in with us, you know, once every week or every two weeks just to kind of, you know, see how we were going, we were doing and, you know, how we were coming and would, you know, give us biblical encouragement. And um, yeah, so I, the, the, the church that we belong to now is just, <laughs> I mean, they, they've been so supportive, and nothing held over your head. You know you've repented. It's forgiven. It's done with, and move forward.
1: So, so you mean you mean they haven't put any marks on your record at the <laughs> Not church? Yet. That, <laughs> Not oh,
0: yet. Not <laughs> yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's, it's it's who knows? You know, just no. That's in the, it, it. It's funny to think of that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not funny at all but it's 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 sad it really it is. is sad that so many people in the lds church have those marks on their record mm-hmm. and and god has, has to be up there says hey hey i decide mm-hmm. <laughs> not you <laughs> not a man i decide that's who, right whose grace is applied to and mm. anybody who repents and is sincere that grace is going there regardless of what you've done in the past uh, so it's just a uh, a great great story wow 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 um,
0: so I bet with this little foray into Mormonism and being married to a husband who is born into it, you have some thoughts or advice or ideas. <laughs> what would you say to these wonderful Mormon people, especially those who are questioning their faith and have no idea that biblical Christianity has their answers?
2: I actually had a friend um, that just recently moved out to Utah, Um, and before she left, we were out at dinner one night, and um, she kind of told me, she's like, you know, I'm really doubting, you know, I don't know if I really want to continue doing this, and my heart went out so bad for her, because she has no one to reach out to, I mean, she has her there's you and the me. <laughs> she, well, well. There's. Well, I mean, as far as family goes, I mean, every yeah. single person is a member of the faith. So, I mean, when I say she risks losing everything, she literally risks losing everything. And now that she's even moved like out where the culture is even more, you know, integrated out there, like I I I pray for her all the time because. You know, you're just trapped in, in this rat race of trying to work your way, you know, up to God. But what they need to realize is that God came down to you. You don't work your way up to him. He came down for you so that, you know, you don't you don't have to work yourself to death. You don't have to prove that you're worthy because, you know, your good works are like filthy rags. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's just how it is.
1: You know, you mentioned so- a term earlier about cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and how Mormons will use that and throw it back out to Christians? And I always say, "Tell me what is so cheap about what Jesus did on the cross?" You know, tell me, explain that to <laughs> me. In everything, detail. everything, everything, and it's it's not cheap. It was it it cost the Son of God's life, but He was raised from the dead, and that's the beauty part of it. You know. Man, it's interesting, man sinned against God and man was incapable of solving that problem. Mm-hmm. And the only way that could be solved, that God himself would manifest himself into the flesh and fix the problem that man couldn't fix himself. And that's the beauty of it. And, it and a lot of people just don't get that. It's just that uh, you you can't do it. From yourself. And I always, when I speak at churches, I always state this. It says, it's nothing that I have done. It's everything that he has done. Amen. And that's the beauty of it. Because we we just take it. And say, okay, God, there's nothing I can add on to it except my faith in you. You take it from there. Uh, that's well, the well,
0: and the back to Vince, right? That takes the burden off of your shoulders, <laughs> Jesus, we we all are sinners. He went to the cross. He took our whooping for us, something that we deserved. And then he gives us peace and he gives us forgiveness and he gives us mercy and he offers grace. And then our lives abound in those things and we offer them to other people. And that difference freed me like nothing else, freed me from bondage, bondage to man's judgments, right? To a church organization that somehow needed to categorize me spiritually. Um, None of that is, is biblically Christian. Other advice to Mormons, anything you would say to those people that you love?
2: i I would take the same advice that I read in your son's book that that the preacher gave to him is to read that New Testament without your preconceived conceptions and just it, you can trust it it's a it's a hundred percent infallible and you will find your answers right in there. Are there particular scriptures
0: that have been comforting to you at certain places, or you've been, you've done an excellent job of describing that relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Sitting on the floor, feeling his arms around you, the idea that he loves you, he comes to you. Um, have you found comfort in his word? And are there particular verses that you love?
2: Well, Ephesians chapter Two is just probably my my most favorite you know chapter in the whole Bible, but the ephesians two eight is you know, for grace you have been saved by faith, not through works, lest any man should boast, it is the gift of God, yeah and my forward.
0: Micah encountered that with a pastor one time. And of course, being a Mormon, he said he never heard it before. Obviously, it's um one of those verses that hits hard against Mormonism. Yeah. Either and do. I guess
2: just another part of advice that I would give is don't be afraid to do your research. You know I remember having it fed to me constantly the questions that I had to not look to outside sources to not you know question outside of the church. but if you look, the answers are there. I mean they're there and if if your faith can't be tested, then it's not a it's not a real faith. It's not a real faith if you can't have it tested, you know,
1: outside of, of of what your church produces. Yeah. yeah. One, and do you have the, advice LDS, for, yeah,
2: go the, ahead, one, babe.
1: Yeah, one of the LDS prophets uh, years ago, Gordon B. Hankley always stated this, says, do not study yourself out of the LDS church. In other words, don't go out researching things and then you find conflicts with Mormonism mm-hmm. that you can't reconcile. Therefore, don't even go looking for it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, And then another one says, doubt your doubts, not your faith, you know. Absolutely. And in in Christianity, I could study and study and study, and there's nothing that can study me out of understanding Christianity because the more you study, the more you realize there are so many facts behind Jesus, behind the Bible, about the doctrine of the Bible that it, 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 you know, you, you you cannot study yourself. You'll study yourself into mm-hmm. Christianity. Is That's what right. Reading.
2: That's right. The
0: the other, I think, amazing thing from your story is the whole reconciliation of a marriage. Right. Um, I have a sister, Christian, whose husband was unfaithful at one point. They have seven oh. children that they homeschooled at one point and horrific right emotional times relational times and yet that marriage healed and and went on for many years and now they have grandkids and um, there is reconciliation God himself calls himself a reconciler and um, he will and he can grace And peace to you. Thank you
2: for sharing your story, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me.
1: What a wonderful story. And may God bless.